Hannah Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. Hello. I can't believe it has taken so long and that I hadn't done an episode on boundaries. And when I was like, oh yeah, I would really love to talk about boundaries. It's something, you know, that obviously comes up a lot. I think it's really funny that all of us have like learned what boundaries are in the past like couple years. I feel like, you know, obviously growing up, I feel like I never really heard about boundaries. Like I think I was taught some and it wasn't taught others in some ways. And And it wasn't called that, like, even if that's still what was going on. But I think as a society and as a culture, we don't really get boundaries. We get that they're important. We get we should have them. We get that we should enforce them. But I don't think we always understand what they are. And this came up a lot. I felt like recently with Jonah Hill and the text that got released and like, you know, how he was treating an ex-girlfriend of his, but he kept being like, you know, these are my boundaries and really, you know, came under criticism in terms of weaponizing therapy speak in order to, I guess, perpetuate harm. And I don't really, I mean, I do think that's what he was doing. I'm not really, (laughs) you know, I'm not really saying that that's, I mean, that's, imagine the whole episode was about debating Jonah Hill. It's not, that is not the hill I want to die on anyway. I just think a lot of times, like especially people who talk a lot about boundaries, I think they get them wrong. And that's something that like has come up for me definitely with my relationships with friends and things like that of like, you know, people just being like, that's my boundary. And I was like, that feels like a wall or that feels like a challenge. Like it just didn't feel like what they were saying it was. And obviously I'm not just like not really going to argue with somebody in that regard. So when I wanted to do this episode, I knew I wanted to speak to someone who was an expert and I absolutely adore Dr. Josh and think he's so smart. And there's something about the way he defines and works with these things that I think are brought up a lot or, you know, like if you look at his social media, you know, he talks about all kinds of things and all sorts of things that relate to the human experience. And I like that he does, I think, really fair and generous definitions or ways to work with these things that are more in alignment with fostering and building connection versus keeping, I was going to say keeping ourselves safe. Obviously, we do want to keep ourselves safe, but I think sometimes when we're keeping ourselves safe, we're also isolating ourselves and not really learning how to work with things. We're not really being challenged. It's really easy to just like cut people off or whatever. And I can fall into that. I can be like, you know what? It's harder for me to figure out how to do this repair work. And it's easier for me just to like end this, you know, definitely a trap I can fall into. And I love that Dr. Josh is, I think, someone who's really trying to foster connection, foster repair, foster all these things. So I knew I wanted to be in conversation with him about this. So please enjoy this episode, Boundaries with Dr. Josh Mermelli. I literally am back from vacation. And while I was on vacation, I was thinking about today's conversation and today's guest and so excited. It feels really timely. Y'all loved him. I got a lot of feedback from his previous episode. Dr. Josh, thank you so much for being with me today. We sure are. It is an honor and privilege to be here. And it's an even bigger honor and privilege that you were thinking about me on vacation. I mean, I'm flattered. I'm not good at work-life. 
boundaries. Um, I think okay. sometimes when you work for yourself, like actually it's something I have had to learn, you know, like in general, I think a big story with boundaries is we all kind of go, I've had to learn these, you know, but I think sometimes when you love your work and you work for yourself that is a little blurry that it's nice yeah, it sometimes does. in my downtime to think of th- to have the space and time to just like think about stuff but yes. once it had clicked into place with for me that I was like oh I want to talk to somebody about boundaries and I was like oh, Dr. Josh I was really able to sort of marinate if you will but well I'm honored I appreciate that before we really get into the thick of it how should we define boundaries what is a boundary That's a brilliant question. And I think in a nutshell, boundaries are where I end and you begin, right? Mm. It's about differentiating our sense of self from otherness and others. And it's really a containment. It's kind of a shelf for our experiences. It's kind of this protective, in some ways amorphous, sort of shield that helps to protect our sense of agency, our time, our personal limits. It's a way of really defining for ourselves who we are and who we are not. Mm, I love that. Who we are and who we are not. Something that has caught me off guard a lot about boundaries is I don't often know I need one until there's been a transgression, you know? Is that common? I feel like I hear these different kind of camps of how people approach boundaries. And I feel like there are some people who can be very proactively boundaried, you know, or I would almost say maybe vigilantly boundaried, you know, like that it's really present. You maybe like initially meet them and you're like aware of it. And then there's people that maybe boundaries are a bit more of an afterthought or it's a little bit harder for them to come to the practice of it or something like that. I think I feel fall more in that camp where often right. I feel almost like I'm I'm behind it, you know, that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know that that was a boundary or I didn't know mm-hmm. that that was a line for me or, or whatever. Do you think that's uncommon or do you think that's like often how we should be learning about our boundaries? It's a, another great question. I think we often don't know what boundaries we need until they're violated. And I used to tell people all the time, we're not born with the ability to set boundaries, but being a new parent myself (laughs) and having an 18-month-old son, I can tell you in some ways we sort of are. We're born with the capacity to you know, announce and differentiate our needs. My son will say no a lot. I think society in some ways teaches us that we have to be ever available. We have to say yes in order to meet the approval and affection of others. And so I think a lot of people abide by this script that boundaries aren't really relevant or necessary, that to have boundaries represents a fractured relationship or something bad happening. And so I think we learn to be a bit more passive and in this kind of neutral zone until a boundary is crossed. It's hard to be proactive about our boundaries. 
Yeah, it's like hard to know. Like, I don't want to go into every relationship either assuming something's going to repeat or like this person's going to do something, you know, or, or something like that. Do you think it serves us? I mean, my own therapist just laughs at a famous thing I said to her was like, with boundaries, I, I want to set them and forget them. And she's like, it yes. doesn't work that way. And this is not a rotisserie grill, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to come back to a delicious chicken. Exactly. And she's also like boundaries aren't walls that they have to be flexible and we have to check in around them. Essentially, like I think boundaries and like deal breakers feel similar to me in, in, in a way. Do you think mm-hmm. that we can have like evergreen boundaries for ourselves? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I want to answer in a kind of bit of a roundabout way. And I'll start by (laughs) saying that boundaries, and this is really important, are not about changing the other person's behavior. They're about protecting us. And I think we really forget that. You know, a boundary isn't, don't do that. A boundary is, when you do that, I feel however. And in order to protect myself, here's what I'm going to do. So it's really about redefining what we're going to do in response to a violation rather than telling another person how they're going to behave because we can't control people, places, and things. So, I mean, to answer your question a bit more directly, I think that boundaries can fluctuate. They're not walls, right? They can shift and evolve in time as trust is built or as trust is fractured, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the recent Jonah Hill hubbub, the screenshots that got released? I saw enough of them. Yeah. 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 Because something you touched upon, I think, is really important to maybe discuss a little bit further is what the relationship of boundaries with other people is. And I think it's something we get really wrong as using boundaries. I think most most of us have good intentions. Like I think we're trying to prevent hurt. We're trying to prevent vulnerability. And so we sort of hide behind our boundaries to try to get someone to change or to try to mm-hmm. get somebody, you know, to essentially to influence the action of another person, I will say. Right. And I remember I had a reading with um, Jessica Lanyato many moons ago. She's an incredible reader. I mean, she's she's a very busy lady. So if you can get a session with her, by like you're blessed Good by luck. God, and go yeah, and and enjoy it. But um, something about boundaries came up, and she was like, "Your problem isn't boundaries. Your problem is your follow through around your boundaries." Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get so hung up on boundaries changing someone else to avoid backing up what is the consequence of our boundary, you know, whether it's like, I may need to take space from this person. I may need to reevaluate this or, or whatever. Mm. Do you think we often get too hung up on boundaries in relation to other people? Like that we forget it really is about us and that, and they're also like, I find sometimes like something I, you know, boundaries come up in tarot readings with clients all the time. And I'm like, boundaries are sort of like needs in the sense of they're not rational and we don't always get to choose them. So, cause I think sometimes people can feel like embarrassed. Like I want to be cooler. I want to be this, or I want to be okay with this, but like, I'm not. And it's like, we don't always get to decide that, you know? And I think our way of 
dealing with that is like taking it out on someone else. We're like, you know, it'd be a lot cooler if you would like go to bed earlier, you know, versus right. If I didn't have to set a boundary. Yes. Correct. Yes. Do you think our relationships sometimes get complicated about that? That like if we can try to remember our boundaries are really about ourselves and to maybe be clear about what is the next step or what is the follow through? Like if the person doesn't change or the behavior doesn't resolve, like what's your plan B, you know, like what is your next move? You know, I think a lot of us want to avoid that. Do big time. I think you're naming it so beautifully. We set boundaries oftentimes with the intention of instructing other people to act differently. And when they don't, Oh boy, that's really troubling to us because we don't actually want to follow through. We don't actually want to kick that person out of our house when they've crossed the line that we've been very explicit about. And so we may project that in the form of anger or heightened reactivity. And Mm. again, I think staying in our own lanes and really remembering that not only are boundaries about protecting us, they're ultimately about protecting the relationship. That's Mm. really critical. We think that boundaries are about being needy or others won't like us. I think boundaries are the most selfless act that we can participate in setting boundaries. And to not set boundaries, I think is incredibly selfish because what happens is we'll ultimately become resentful, angry, exhausted and depleted, and we'll have to withdraw from participating in that relationship. I think about boundaries and conflict the same way. It's because I do trust you so much or I do value this relationship so much that I know I have to do this. Like, I know we have to air this out or I know I need to set this boundary because like, I do want to stay in relationship with you. And, you know, it's just one of those unsexy truths, I think, you know, and we will do the most to avoid it and then wonder why we cannot stand this person we love, you know, and it's like, well, you got to look at how you've participated in that. What do you think are some common signs that we need to set a boundary? Great question. I want to just quickly touch on what you said with respect to conflict. It's funny you should bring that up because I think people tend to have a similar relationship to conflict as they do with boundaries in the sense that people often will come into my office and say, well, we don't have conflict. And not having conflict in a relationship to me suggests a lack of depth. If there's no conflict, Mm. there's not a lot of investment and there's Mm. not a lot of vulnerability because invariably conflict is going to show up. We're we're differently wired. Similar to boundaries, if we don't have boundaries, to me that suggests a lack of depth in the relationship because invariably we're going to touch upon material that will need to sort of protect in a different way, the the closer we get, the deeper we grow. That's so interesting because I hadn't thought about it. Like when I first went into therapy a hundred years ago, I had a hard time when people set boundaries with me that I would feel like ashamed, you know, like I would take it really personally and I would feel kind of embarrassed or something. I would just have these feelings around boundaries and it took me a while to really understand that was my thing, you know? And then at some point it started to shift. And if I was in relationships with no boundaries or no conflict or whatever, I didn't trust it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like this shift, this stuff I was like so afraid of, didn't want was like, ew, if someone sets a boundary with me, I mean, 
means I've transgressed, I'm bad, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember really if it was that articulated within myself. You know, I just knew that, you know, I would always sort of shut down, you know, and or if someone had conflict with me or want to say like, I know you didn't mean to do this, but blah, blah, blah. I would just be like, oh, my yes. God. And I had a really hard time staying like in connection in those regards. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I wasn't really in a place to fully show up, you know, that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. We need to stay on the surface here, friend. <laughs> you know, we Correct. need to just have the good times and talk about the fluff. And right. then that became no longer fulfilling. And then if a relationship didn't have conflict, not to say like I'm popping off for the right, sake yeah. of it or for excitement. Yeah, like I'm no. not looking for fights, but I think I finally did accept that a completely smooth sailing relationship isn't actually as the sign of health that I think I... Or authenticity. Yes. Yes. I think I realized like it was serving not the healthiest part of myself that was Mm. like, I want to buy into the illusion. I want to think everything's hunky-dory. I don't really want to investigate. I don't want to look at ways I'm self-abandoning. You know, like, nope, nope, nope. If we just keep it in this place, it's all good, you know? Right. And I think in the process of therapy, my therapist being like, I don't know that that's working for you. (laughs) Or like, it seems like you have some resentment, you know, or whatever. And you're like, ew, I'm going to have to open all these cans of worms, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once you go through that and you have a little little bit of confidence of like, oh, I know better of what works for me. I know what relationships to maybe be more in service of or seek out or whatever. I do notice now that after I did develop some kind of working knowledge of these things, thanks to therapy, that you do start to see warning signs. And I think you see it in friends sometimes as well when they're like, when you're like, okay, listen, every time we've gotten together, like you've complained about this one person. I think of like complaints as being a warning sign. Boundary time, you know, like it's time to check in. Yes, that's a perfect segue to what you've asked about some of the signals, signs, cues to suggest that we need to set boundaries or that our boundaries are too weak. I mean, one is, I think, feeling overcommitted and Mm. incredibly overwhelmed. Another is difficulty saying no or saying yes, but meaning no, ultimately. Mm. Chronic feelings of discomfort and resentment in relationships And importantly, this feeling of responsibility for other people's Mm. emotions. You know, I don't want to upset her. I don't want to annoy them. I don't want to inconvenience him. These are some signals that we're really needing to be a bit more robust and explicit about the limits that we're layering onto our relationships. Mm, I love that. The limits we are layering onto our relationships. Yeah. I come from a lineage of a very avoidant people and I definitely see the ways those things kind of go together to conspire to like, you know, and like how we all kind of find each other and you, you want to be like, no, they were bad or whatever. And it was like, no, you, the last point you made of feeling overly responsible, like really resonates for me because that's definitely a drop I found myself in and it was a common one yeah and it was definitely a way that I would avoid doing my own work you know and I would Mm -hmm. avoid you know going deeper and going like what is it about this that made you uncomfortable like what was it about like it's easy to blame a person versus to go within and go no what is it like 
does this touch an old story or it's easy to just go like they were a jerk or whatever or I can't believe they would do that you know it's like there's tons of things we do and if we don't know I think a lot of things I hear about with boundaries it's almost like you feel a little insane when you say it out loud when you're like they were already like eating the salad when I got there and you're like right okay I don't understand the significance of the salad you know and like right it's on us to kind of go yeah like what was that you know it's like oh well I have a little bit of a thing of like feeling left out or left behind or what you know it's it's like okay well then maybe that's where you have to place a boundary something that has plagued me is I attract a lot of people who I think like to push my boundaries or mm-hmm. like to really negotiate around my boundaries. What do you do if someone keeps pushing your boundaries? If you, mm-hmm. for example, let's say someone has set the boundary of they don't take phone calls after 8 p.m. and they have mm-hmm. a friend who keeps calling at 802. And they have said, hey, I'm exhausted at night right now. I really need to conserve my energy. I would love to talk to you earlier, but this friend keeps doing it. What do we do? I mean, in that specific instance, I would say put your phone on do not disturb or just mute this person from reaching out past 8 p.m., Because again, it's not about changing the other person's behavior. It's about protecting ourselves. Look, I think unfortunately, the reality is that the people who are going to feel compelled to set fairly firm boundaries with are the people who are going to push our boundaries. That's why we're <laughs> setting them, right? So it's so like... go into it with that. <laughs> uh, uh, 100%. No one's going to be like, oh, thank you for saying that. That is <laughs> so, so helpful. And, you know, to your point about coming from a lineage of avoidance... The truth is, is that cultural, familial factors, these all inform our sense of safety in setting boundaries, Mm -hmm. depending on what type of culture we come from, whether it's more of an individualistic society or collectivist culture, boundaries may really be frowned upon because singularity individualism is seen as a betrayal of the broader conglomerate and group. So we're working against a lot of internal and external pressures that often offset our natural inclination to really set some limits. Yeah. I mean, we're really wired to want to belong and I think foster that for others. We want others to feel a sense of belonging as well. And I think I often get really mad at people when they're pushing my boundaries because I'm like, don't make me be mean to you because it makes me Mm -hmm. feel like I'm being mean or I'm rejecting or something like that. That I'm like, oh, my God, just don't call me after eight. Like, just do it. You know, like I, I get riled up with that. But you're right. Like we are having to go against a lot of conditioning, you know, in yes. those moments to choose ourselves, you know, that if you're someone who I think tries to show up and be a part of the collective, that can be really difficult. I mean, never mind like with family or like those sort of things. I mean, that becomes a whole other challenge, I think. But If somebody really struggles a lot with like feeling guilty about setting boundaries or has a lot of second guessing or something, what are some ways they could maybe feel, 
I mean, confident feels like a bit of a stretch, but what are some ways that we can remind ourselves that it really is on us to do, that it really Mm -hmm. is something for us to show up as our best selves that we have to do to quiet some of that chatter, I think that can like get in the way of doing it. Well, boundary setting is all about guilt tolerance, because if we're setting a boundary effectively, we're going to feel guilty. Guilt is a part of the process of boundary setting. It's not a dangerous side effect. It's part of the process, right? It's part of it. So if we're feeling guilty, that means we're doing it correctly. And it also means that it's why we've probably avoided setting boundaries Avoiding boundary setting is ultimately about avoiding uncomfortable emotions within the self. Mm. And so the question really becomes, how do we manage and tolerate unpleasant emotions? And it's really just about inviting them in, exposing ourselves to them in more frequent and routine doses, whether that's journaling or meditating or you know tolerating painful emotions by setting times, you know, little 20 minute chunks of time three times a week where we're intentionally going to evoke the emotion of guilt and journal about it, recalling events that prompted us to feel that way. These are ways that we can familiarize and expose ourselves to sensations that we're really primed to avoid. Because boundaries aren't scary. What's scary is the sensation within us that emerges in the aftermath of a boundary being set. Yeah. And I love you saying that because I think it's something that comes up a lot. And I think it's something that people get wrong in the way that they discuss boundaries that they sort of want to be like, no, you should just be like a bad bitch and just set your boundary and go. And it's just like, I don't know how many people who feel that way. And often I think people who set boundaries that way are actually setting walls. I don't think that they're actually setting boundaries. You know, a lot of the people who are like, that's my boundary, take it or leave it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't think you're trying to stay in connection. So I'm glad you bring that up that there is this. And I think there's also like a lot of rhetoric of like that things are like pass fail. So like Mm -hmm. if you don't feel 100% confident with your boundary, then like you're not doing it right. And I appreciate you're talking about that it is really uncomfortable often like when you're really doing it right like it is uncomfortable and it brings stuff up you know I think if you also struggle with certain things or certain things are maybe part of your history like if you have fear of rejection if you've got abandonment stuff like I think it also makes boundaries more loaded because those things all sort of relate to each other in a way or that they can you know and I appreciate what you're saying because it's like if you if you know like oh I have a fear of rejection and I also feel really bad when I reject others like boundary setting can be hard am I talking about myself in a weird way maybe I am but let's move on (laughs) you know but um when I really started exploring like rejection and what rejection meant to me and what that brought up for me and why that felt so bad it became easier like literally what you said I did have like a bit of an you know it wasn't as spelt out that way. But like, you know, when you start to look at, oh, every time I set a boundary, this feeling of being mean comes up. I feel mean. It's like, okay, do a meditation around that. Like, what does mean mean? It's mean to have limits or it's mean to, you know, like that's also how I feel like you can help yourself rewrite these stories and see like, actually, 
it's mean not to have limits, you know, like that often it takes us to a point where we end up like losing it on somebody, you know, like, and ultimately is that kind. It's like, he can help you sort of realize where you're doing bad math, you know? And I think like it was sometimes like, you know, there's all this charged conversation with boundaries and like to your point, not setting boundaries, like, or not engaging with it lets us avoid all these feelings. You know, we don't have to look at like, what was it about that? It wasn't about the salad. You know, it's like, what was it that that touched for you and stirred for you that you would rather not feel or be in avoidance of, you know? Big time. Yes, yes, yes to all of this. I mean, look, limits are loving. And, Mm. you know, people say correction is a tool to connection. We don't correct, we don't modify, we don't set limits when we're not engaged and wanting to connect and to attach. So when we redirect, when we are, you know, clarifying of our needs and our limits, it's actually a way to connect. But I think you're absolutely right in saying that for those of us who come from backgrounds where there was pervasive invalidation, oftentimes abuse or significant trauma, we really learn to connect or, you know, connect to others by violating our own boundaries. In fact, violating our own boundaries in some ways are reinforced. We may say as a child, I don't feel comfortable hugging them. No, you have to hug him. He's your uncle. I mean, these types of messages really deflate our sense of self and they invalidate our needs and they're kind of reinforced. So we're working against a lot of that, which is where the guilt comes in. Mm. And Guilt is really a manufactured emotion that comes from external circumstances and reinforcements from our environments, typically our primary attachments. Something you just touched on, I would like to know more of what you think about it in terms of if you have noticed that you have maybe a habit or pattern of violating your own boundaries. And I think often a lot of us do and have no idea that's what's been going on. I remember when my therapist kept saying like self-abandonment and finally I was like, oh, are you talking about me? And she was like, only took like five times of me saying it, you know, like when I finally connected the dots and was like, it's me, you know? It's me. Yeah. And I think with violating your own boundaries, it can be the same of like exactly if you grew up in a home where you weren't allowed to have boundaries or that wasn't fostered, you can have these patterns that began long before you had any real say in it. What are some ways we could maybe recognize when we are violating our own boundaries? And if you were like just fresh coming to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing this and think I've been violating my own boundaries. Like what are some ways we can start? Because I think you have to maybe build up your own self-validation or self-trust. Yes. Like, I, I don't love the way all this stuff gets discussed sometimes. That sometimes they're like, people are like, oh, you violate, violate your own boundaries. Well, you know, in 30 days or less, you go, should go to setting strong boundaries. And it's like, it just doesn't work that way. It's just not that linear. But if you are coming to a place of going, okay, I, I've learned how to set some, but it seems like I'm violating them. What are ways we can maybe develop awareness around that or, or shift that? Yeah, I think it's really about tuning into our feelings Mm. and checking in with ourselves and also giving ourselves permission to set limits. I mean, it may seem like a very kind of obvious or unimportant tool, 
but literally stating aloud, I give myself permission to set the limit of no screen time past 6 p.m. You know, I give myself permission to set the limit of not answering calls past 6 p.m. that are work-related. We need that, a lot of us. You know, this is not something that's necessarily intrinsic to many of us. And again, when we come from family environments where rejection of self is reinforced, our relationship with ourself tends to be a mini emblem of our relationship within our family systems or our origins. So, of course, we're going to be prone to rejecting our own boundaries. So I think it's really about knowing our needs, prioritizing self-care, and really tuning in to our feelings and feeling them without judgment, without hurry, and without an effort to change them. Because if we can tolerate our feelings, then we can tolerate boundary setting. Yeah. You know, it helped me as well when I started tuning into that more to also know how much better I felt when I honored it. That I was like, oh, I think violating my boundaries is this shortcut to like everybody winning, you know, like, oh, it wasn't Mm -hmm. that big a deal to me. And look, like they're happy now, like everybody wins. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like you're going to pay for it eventually. It may not be in that moment, but it's it's there will be an impact, you know. And when I started being able to just like validate my feelings more and just be like, it's data. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to spin out. You just have to go like that felt really good yucky, you know, and I don't like to feel yucky. Like I would just sort of sometimes speak to myself a bit like a child in that regard of like really making it clear because it had been so muddy, you know, for for me. But but beautiful because talking to yourself like a child is this form of reparenting. Yeah. Right. That's critical. It really, it really is. Like once I got over, you know, the annoyance of reparenting when you're like, God right. damn it, you know, like. You're like, oh, I thought I chose not to have kids. Yeah, right. exactly. You're like, you know, if they had just gotten it right the first go round, I wouldn't have to do right. this, you know, or whatever. And then when you realize like what a gift it is, like what it, yes. a gift it is to know that within we can be our own ideal parent and like yes. reset these things and you can do it at any time in your life that you need to, like. I was like on board and like it it really helped me with my own feelings too often I go to my toddler self and I'll be like I am angry you know like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to you you know you don't have to intellectualize it it doesn't have to be I don't have to get in the story or defend the person or whatever like just honoring the way I feel and it would pass so much quicker and it built up my tolerance to feel these things after years of disassociating like because if you're coming to feeling from a place of disassociation like everything feels acute and so everything feels wrong or bad you're like everything is like threat level midnight so you have to start to learn like no no it's just it's literally just a feeling like it will pass it's not you know something i encountered or attention i have especially with my brother i will use this myself again as the example but i do want to ask the question in terms of like i'll ask for the group If you get a lot of feedback, uh, something I find annoying is my brother will be like, yeah, you and your boundaries, you know, you have all your boundaries that it's discussed a lot. And it's obviously discussed in a way that is meant to be sort of implied negatively. Do you have any tips for how one can just sort of tune that chatter out or not? Because I think sometimes if you 
are the person in a dynamic that is gonna be willing to kind of go on the record or to, to sort of make a shift. Like sometimes there can be fallout or chatter that yes. like isn't like what are ways to just maybe tune that out and just stay true to yourself, you know? Cause mm -hmm. I find sometimes like it's made me feel self-conscious. It's made me feel or question if I was being rigid, you know, like right. what are ways maybe to come back to ourselves if we're getting a lot of flack for our boundaries? Great point. I think interestingly, a way to create a little bit of a protection around that and some of the chatter and feedback that we get from others, ironically, is to be a bit inquisitive, you know, mm -hmm. um, brother, whomever, it seems like you may have some feelings around my boundaries setting. And I'm curious to know a bit more about what those are. You know, why are you saying like literally what my own therapist says? <laughs> I mean, we, I, we did not conspire. I promise you, <laughs> we didn't. Uh, but, but really inquiring, you know, I'm so I'm curious to learn a little bit more about what that is. If we can healthily mm -hmm. depersonalize some of that. I think it will help us to recognize that others are going to have a response to our boundaries because yeah. our boundaries invoke in other people a sense of their own degree of comfort in setting boundaries and honoring them. So they're going to have a response to it that may be projective in nature, may not have anything to do with the limits that we're actually setting. But I'd always start from the space of curiosity, mm. you know, and, and, pointing it out. You seem to not like when I set boundaries. It seems to bring up some feelings in you. Tell me more. If it becomes yeah. redundant or, you know, ongoing or mean, certainly, you know, I don't like the tone in which you're talking about my limits that are important to me. And because of that, I'm going to try to shift gears here. Yeah. Yeah. I get worn out with it sometimes, or I think I just, because I'm like, I don't want to get into an argument or something. I think something I am vigilant about as well is I don't want to defend boundaries mm -hmm. and I don't mind having a conversation or a dialogue. I think that can be helpful for both parties. And I've definitely mm -hmm. also had people set boundaries. And then when I questioned or said like, I want to know the significance of this. You know, it's like, it, it clearly seems important to you. Like I know people have thought that that was like challenging them or something, but mm -hmm. I'm glad that what you're bringing up is I do think, especially in really close relationships, like, ideally boundaries would be a conversation, you know, like mm -hmm. not a negotiation, but a conversation, you know, yes. like if you really don't get why this, this is important to someone and it's someone you really care about, like ideally we are mm -hmm. seeking to understand that, you know, like, yes. but I think we can get twisted and think if we ask a question or we meet it with some curiosity, that means we're challenging it. And I think it's important right. to reflect to someone like this clearly seems important to you, but I don't understand it. Can you explain to me why this is important to you or why this is a limit or is there a way I can support you in other ways around this? I yes. think often we do have a reaction that is, you know, I hear a lot of times people are definitely worried about the reaction their boundary will get, you know, but I think right. it's more about someone being defiant or something like that. 
But I, I do think that we could use them as these entry points into different conversations that would like just deepen our knowledge right. of each other, you know, if we wouldn't like get our shoulders up sometimes, you know? I agree with you. I think having a conversation and dialogue about boundaries can sometimes be difficult because we do want to set it and forget it. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for us. There are certain circumstances, of course, where we owe no, ex actually, we yeah. don't ever owe an explanation, yeah. but we may want to have a dialogue to really support the importance of this boundary and also to help explain to the other person why we've come to that space mm -hmm. because it could inform, as you're describing, the ways in which we're interacting in other ways too. Of course, if we feel in danger or at risk or violated in yeah. a way where our person is being harmed in any sense, an appropriate boundary can be to block, to get yeah. a restraining order. I mean, these are yes. extreme examples of boundaries too. For sure. And I also don't know that it has to happen in real time. Like, I don't know sometimes mm -hmm, right. like, the moment someone sets a boundary or you set a boundary, like, I don't know that the conversation has to happen then. Like sometimes that right. can be a charged moment, but it's like the next day, you know, you could say, Hey, I just want to follow up about this. Or I just want to, you know, like, I think sometimes in the moment it can be when things go awry because people take right. that as a challenge or something like that. But I'm with you. I'm glad you brought up the conversation and or just dialogue about it. I think it'd be yes. really helpful. Well, you've been, as per usual, so gracious to just let me fire hose you with questions. But I'm curious, is there anything you wanted to share or you we didn't touch on today about boundaries that you wanted to say? Well, again, thank you so much for having me on. Your questions are very much so on point and you've brought up so many of the points that I wanted to make today. But what I want to leave listeners with is this sense of empowerment that boundary setting is a process. Mm. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. This is where it's critical to seek support. When we feel guilt on the other side of a boundary being set, that doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. It actually means we're doing it correctly and effectively, but they take time. So I don't want for listeners to feel like they've got to get it perfect the first time. Yeah, It's okay to be clumsy. It's okay to set a boundary and then later realize, hmm, that's actually not precisely what I wanted to, to yeah. say, set it differently. And also boundaries are really ways to preserve, protect, and expand the quality of our relationships. So when we set them, they're a way of suggesting, in some ways, love, yeah. both for ourselves and even the other person too. Something that I thought about a lot when I was exploring boundaries and working on them more was also honesty. And I made mm -hmm. myself start setting boundaries and being more honest in really like low stakes way because yes. like I would feel I would have such a like physical response to setting boundaries. Like it would really make me almost like panicky, you know, that yes. I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to like work up to this, even though I knew I needed tons of boundaries, you know, but I was like, totally. OK, baby steps, you know, baby steps. Yeah. And I really would be like, OK, like I'm going to set the intention of just being like a lot more honest in my relationships that if somebody asks me like where I want to go for dinner or like what, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, I'm not just going to be agreeable or I'm not, you know, and I identified for myself that if I was saying this a lot, 
lot, then I had to force myself to check in. But if I was saying it's fine, it's fine, mm-hmm. it's fine, then I that was my my first clue that it was very much not fine <laughs> and that I had no. to, to check in. And like that was really helpful for me to like, you know, my own therapist always says that self-esteem is built through successful repeated action. And so yes. whenever I am like at that precipice and know I need to dive in in order to start learning some new skills or make shifts in my life, I always am like right. self-esteem is built through su- successful repeated action. But that doesn't mean you always always have to like make yourself go to the Olympics, you know, that no. if your mom is like the worst with your boundaries, you know, if she's your origin story of boundary violation, that's not the place to start. In my opinion, no. it's like the place to start is with people that like, it's not as charged. It feels safer. That's where you build up some self-esteem and go, okay, I've learned how to tolerate the guilt. I've learned how to tolerate yes. the things like, and then start doing some of the bigger ones. Like, do you agree yep. with that? That's like just how I've done it and it worked for me, but. I fully agree. I think we've got to start small and you described this boundary of against passivity. Mm. You know, when you notice saying I'm fine, that that's a real cue to you that mm, I'm just remaining in this kind of passive compliance that's really disparaging to my needs and wants. That's a perfect opportunity to start being more expressive and explicit. We don't have to start at the, you know, kind of apex of intensity. That's not what this is about. You know, two boundaries that I always encourage folks to start with are the boundaries of time and the boundaries of isolation. And what I mean by that is always reserving the right to sit on something, whether it's for 24 hours or 48 hours before giving a decision for something that feels charged and really important, and reserving the right to consult with others before rendering a verdict. Mm. You know, we don't have to make the decision in this moment, and we don't have to make this decision alone without the consultation of others. Those are some areas where I encourage folks to start. And you're right. Let's not begin in the most charged and intense, you know, ground zero relationships. Yeah. We can where it feels more warm. Yeah. Because I think with lots of things like you're going to get it wrong and that's fine. And, you know, and you're going to learn, you're going to go, I thought the boundary was no screen time, but really it's that I don't want to talk to this coworker after. Correct. And I feel sometimes like if we go to, what did you say? The apex of intensity. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm like putting that in my pocket for later, but um, yeah, pocketing it. That if you go to the apex of intensity right at the beginning, like you're probably not going to get that right. And then you're going to have this association of like, you're just going to make it that much harder for yourself. We're often the most aware of those. We know that's where we need it the most. So we're like, let me go. Yeah, they're glaring. We're like, let me go address that. But it's like, I don't hear this a lot. People saying like, no, create your foundation, let yourself develop some fluency, like, you know, learn your own process. Yeah. And like, yes. And like chalk some wins and like feel how it feels in your bod and stuff so that you Mm -hmm. can just like tolerate that discomfort. It makes it 
so much easier. And I think it yes. also makes it so much, I guess it, like part of why I think it makes it so much easier is it makes it easier to keep repeating the action. It makes it easier yes. to keep meeting the challenge of when it comes up versus going like, Oh no, not this again. Like, won't you just be better? So I don't have to do this, you know, like right. it makes it easier to go like, okay, I know what this is. I know what needs to be done. Like, and I can do it. Yes. Correct. Not only do boundaries build confidence, but building confidence, I'm hearing you say, is a conduit to setting boundaries with greater familiarity and flexibility and just fitness, right? So we want to get those wins in. Yeah, like I think it is hard if you're not feeling confident, whether that's in yourself or your truth or your experience. I think you have to do some of this stuff to realize like there is no one taking score. There's no one watching and evaluating your performance. And like, you've got to remove that from things like you've got to quit worrying about like, you know, (gasps) was I right or wrong? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's right or wrong for you. You know, it's right or wrong of like, did it serve your life? Does it support the goals Mm -hmm. for yourself? Does it support your values? Like whatever your metric is for these things. But it, it can be so daunting. And I think you do have to build up that confidence in some ways to go like, I trust my reality. I trust that mm-hmm. I won't always get it right. But I trust that mm-hmm. I'm more in service of doing things for myself, you know, than not or whatever, yes. you know, like, yeah, can be really liberating. Hugely. Oh, I mean, honestly, when we could I do was, this for five more hours. It's so true. And they, every time I talk to you, I just um, I think of a million other things I want to talk to you about because your depth of knowledge. And I think sometimes people have this misconception about therapists that therapists are almost like mental health perfectionists or something, you know, mm-hmm. that like they, or like they're perfect or whatever. And I love how much you take such a like humanitarian approach to all these things of just like kind of like how do we get the people thriving you know like that it isn't about this like well this is what you should do or whatever I appreciate how much you invite the dialogue and discussion and the examination and how generous you are with your own knowledge because I was like laughing about the first episode we did how like I didn't even give you the questions ahead of time and stuff and your answers are just so incredible and like same with this episode as well where I'm just like Dr. Josh is brilliant. And I just want to know all the thoughts in your minds. Thank you. That means so much to me. I approach this as a human because I am one and I'm far from perfect. When I set boundaries, I sometimes still feel guilt, right? And again, that's part of the process. But I I will say it's such a pleasure connecting with you. I love the work that you do. I love the language that you use and such an informing topic for your listeners. It's a pleasure to be on your show and I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you. Well, we'll we'll have to figure that out. We'll coordinate. Yes, we'll coordinate. But thank you so much for being with me today. And where can people find you? People can find me at Therapy with Dr. Josh. That's therapy with drjosh.com. And my social media Instagram handle is also at Therapy with Dr. Josh. I love all these infographics and all your, your things you've been doing lately that I'm like. Why, thank you. It's my my interior design element coming through, <laughs> you know. I got to bring out my artistry somehow. 
You, well, it's funny because like y'all can't see this, but I'm looking at Dr. Josh's beautiful bookcase that is brilliantly curated as well. So it only took me 10 hours <laughs> to figure out. But hey. hey, well, I get to reap the benefit of the aesthetic. So thank you so much for being with me today. I hope people look you up and Pleasure. benefit also from those amazing graphics and aesthetics. So <laughs> it was an honor and I can't wait till next time. Thank you, Anna. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button. Or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help. <laughs>